All right. Well, good morning and Merry Christmas. All right. Ooh, that was hearty. Good job. It's uh, early on. Uh, I, someone walked by me this morning and said, Merry Christmas, because I know you're that kind of guy. So thank you for doing that. I'm that kind of guy. I love Christmas. I'm excited about it. And so uh, sometimes I'm sad that it gets uh, whittled down just to a few weeks. So we're going to make the most of it, because what I love most about Christmas is the object of Christmas, right? Amen? Amen. All right. Well, you know, Christmas is in full swing, right? It's just kind of everywhere. I went out uh, Christmas shopping this weekend, and there are people out there, and they are Christmas shopping, and it's there. One thing about Christmas uh, that I don't know if, if it's becoming a, an American tradition or not, but it's Hallmark movies. How many of you are Hallmark movie watchers? Oh, boy, some hands. Look at good. How many of you have never heard of a Hallmark movie? How many wish you had never heard of a Hallmark movie, right? <laughs> there you go. Oh, so Hallmark movies are confession time. Okay, is I've learned to like them. Now, I didn't have to in my early days because we had my wife and my two daughters. So they would just go and watch those and they'd have Hallmark movie parties. People would come and watch Hallmark movies, right? So I, I was excused out of that. Well, the girls grew up, moved out, got married, and so guess who has been invited into the Hallmark realm? Me. But I'm going to tell you something. I kind of like them. Here's the deal. It is, there's just no stress. You know exactly what's going to happen, right? It's like, it's going to be good, right? And so you got two things to figure out the whole time. Is he the one? Is he the one? And then, uh oh, there's the almost kiss. Oh, there's the kiss. Here we go, right? And it's all going to work good. Um, so, Hallmark movies, you know, if you don't like them or haven't watched them, hey, have fun with that. But there is a TV genre, if you would, that makes me nervous in our home it's documentaries. Okay, when I come home, my wife loves them, Sandy loves them. And I'll come home and she'll be watching the documentary. The first thing I have to look and see, is it about food? Because if it's about food, I'll go the cheeseburgers, right? Oh, no, you know, I'm a vegan all of a sudden. All of a sudden, you know, I'm whatever they're trying to tell us, right? Because she loves those. And she says, can you believe this? And I know I'm in trouble. My life's about to change, right? Uh, but there was this one documentary she watched um, that I absolutely loved. It was called The Minimalist. The Minimalist. And it was these couple guys that went out and they set out to live life, to pare life down, get rid of all the trappings, the extra stuff, and just pare it down to the bare minimum. Not survival, a little more than that, of course. And it was amazing. They went on like a, some three-month trip and they had a suitcase about this big. All of their stuff was in there for three months. But what they taught, what you learned watching this documentary is that when you pare things down, it allows you to experience and focus on what matters the most. Now, 2020, our Christmas, we've had so many traditions and customs interrupted this year, right? We are, and I'll put this in quotes, forced to do Christmas differently. 
And I think there's an opportunity there. There is an opportunity to have a simple Christmas. And so our series this December, this Christmas, is simply Christmas. We're going to encourage us. It's been pared down. Let's pare it down to what matters the most. Because we know generally this season, it's just chaos of things. And the most important thing gets displaced, right? And that's the precious gift that God gave us. So we're going to look at this precious gift. So I'm going to invite you to turn to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. It's in the Old Testament. Let me pray for us before we get into God's word. Father, we love you. I pray as we enter your word that you would speak to each of us. Would you reveal this promised gift and allow us to live just a simple Christmas where we can focus on the things that matter. Now, the customs and traditions, they're fun. And you know, Father, I love them. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But we never want to get our eyes off what matters most in this Christmas. And so it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. So we're going to look at the promised gift. And it starts with this. If you've ever purchased some, someone a gift that you just think is amazing, you get excited. You, you start feeling like you're going to love this gift. And I have to say this. This year, I think I'm not a very good gift buyer. Okay? Lots of confessions here right now. Um, and my wife knows this. I think I did okay this year. I, this sounds strange. Uh, but I prayed. First season ever, I prayed for gift buying because I said, I'm so bad. Um, you know, so I prayed, and I think God answered. So I can't wait till New Year's to tell you how it goes, okay? Um, I hope it goes well. But when you have a, a, a good gift, you can't wait to tell people. So if you look at Isaiah 9, verses 1 through 5, what you see there is the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament is given a sneak peek 700 years before the first Christmas. He said, you got to take a look at this. This gift is going to be good. This first Christmas gift, it's a good one. Verse 1, Isaiah chapter 9, he says, it is going to be a glorious gift. It's going to be a glorious gift. Verse 2, he says, it is going to be a light in dark times. It is going to be a light in dark times. Isaiah 9, chapter 3, it is going to bring a great joy. Everybody's going to be glad. Doesn't that sound refreshing? Oh, this gift is good. Verses 4 through 5, he says, it's going to bring a new day. Everything's going to change. The oppression's going to stop. Wars are going to stop. There's going to be a freedom. This gift is going to bring a new day. And boy, did they need it. Boy, did they need it. Because what was going on in this time that Isaiah spoke this to them, he spoke it to the nation of Israel in a time that it was divided. There was the kingdom of the north, Israel, and then divided there's a kingdom to the south called Judah, 
where Jerusalem was. And he's speaking to them, to the city of Jerusalem and the kingdom of Judah, the southern kingdom. And they have a really bad king named Ahaz. And they're coming to a point where they can't trust his leadership anymore. Uh, they are just feeling this deep insecurity with the world around them. Who is caring for us, they feel. And everything's coming apart. There is no peace for them. They are feeling the weight of the world around them. It is getting heavy. Does this sound familiar? It's much like what we are facing. There is just a weight about us. We've got these restrictions. The majority of our church family are through those cameras. I love you. Thank you for being there. But I miss shaking your hand. I miss hugging you. I miss telling you I love you in person. You know, we've got this division. We've got, I mean, it keeps continuing. So many people losing their jobs. It's painful. The economy, we've got this political and social tension all around us. Last week, our daughter called us, and she has a first grader, a little son, and he's doing online school. It breaks my heart. She says, I'm going to tell you about what I observed today. And she observed, you know, Brandon's his name, her son, my grandson, and he's online doing school. Um, and she heard one of the other students ask the teacher this question. He says, why are we so damaged that we can't get together? First grade. And the teacher stopped. She says, well, that's an interesting question. How many of you are feeling that way? And these little children started going around saying, I'm sad. Uh, this is really, really hard for us. Sometimes we forget about these kids and that they're going through this as well. And, and, and really, damage. I'll use a first grader's words. My daughter said she just listened to him in the other room and just wept, listening to these first graders talk about the weight of this. We are feeling the weight of this. We need something. And Isaiah speaks a word to Judah, but that word is for us today too that there is a promised gift. Isaiah 9, 6. He's going to surprise him just a little bit. He says, that gift is a child. That gift is a son. Imagine hearing that message. Your world's falling apart. Here's the answer. It's a baby. <laughs> no, I need some big warrior something. He says in Isaiah 9, 6, that this baby can handle this weight. That this baby can handle this weight. The government will be on his shoulders and he can take it. This is no ordinary baby. And you know exactly who this baby is, right? This baby is our Jesus. It's our Jesus. And this is a promised gift for us almost 3,000 years ago. He sees us. So let's look 
at this promised gift. Isaiah 9, 6, what it says is that his name shall be. So in Hebrew, and that's the language that the Old Testament was written in, a name wasn't just a tag, but it, but it meant something. So you can look at these names, and these are the character, the work, the ministry, what this, whoever's name this will do. So he says, I'm going to tell you about this child that the government will be on his shoulders. His name shall be Wonderful Counselor. His name shall be Wonderful Counselor. Now what that name means, what they would hear, is wonderful means marvelous. It means exceeding all expectations. It means wow. Wonderful means this is going to blow your mind. Counselor means the one who is speaking, the one who will advise, the one who will lead, the one who will have a voice in your life. Wonderful counselor. Now, they needed a wonderful counselor because they couldn't trust the voices in their life. Their king, Ahaz, would lead them in evil, bad places, making horrible decisions. And for us, whose voice can we trust? Right? And these are questions for us today. Who can we trust? Isaiah gives the answer. Wonderful counselor. That's Jesus. See, Jesus is our trustworthy voice. He is a trustworthy voice in our life. We can trust Jesus. Why can we trust him? Listen to this. Because the whole entire Godhead speaks through him. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the word was God. And in verse 14, John chapter 1 tells us who that word is. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. You know who that's talking about? Say it. Jesus. It's talking about Jesus. Jesus is God. Wonderful. In Hebrew, is actually a divine name. It's miraculous. Jesus is God. Hebrews 1 tells us he is the exact representation of God. When we see Jesus, when we hear from Jesus, we are hearing from the Father. He says he did not come down and do his own will. He did the will of the Father. And what's cool is the Holy Spirit, this counselor that he says he's going to leave us with in John Chapter 16, verse 12. He says, the Holy Spirit, the helper, the counselor, I'm going to leave with you. This is Jesus talking. And he will speak what he's heard me speak. Jesus is our trustworthy voice because he is God. He, Jesus is God speaking to us. He has a word for us. It's Jesus. 
And in Jesus, he's telling us through his life what the Father's doing. God's plan. And the Holy Spirit that dwells in the believer's heart is speaking the words of Jesus. That's why we can trust the voice of Jesus. I just had a, a reminder recently how important it is to listen to God's voice, the right voice. You know, just a comparison. Um, I don't know about you, but man, the world's voice, I have lost more and more trust as this whole year has unfolded. I'm just going to shoot straight with you. And I'll point out one aspect of it, and that's the news. I mean, I used to, be, I used to love the news, just so you know. Um, it is hard to turn it on because I can't trust it anywhere. And so many competing stats are the exact opposites and findings. And it's just like, how can you trust this? You know, especially as a pastor, how do I lead this flock with all that garbage? It's tough. But God just reminded me about a week ago that he's speaking and he will lead me. It seems simple, but it's powerful. I was heading to a meeting, a Zoom meeting. And I was late, so you know, so... If you figure out what meeting I was heading to, I was late. I apologize. But I was heading to that meeting, and I felt God speak to me. Moved my heart. said, I want you to get a hold of this family who I don't ever talk to. But I knew that one of their children was going through a tough time in the past. They said, I want you to get a hold. God said, I want you to get a hold of us. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm late. I'll kind of do it later, whatever. Because it wasn't one of those, you know, the sky opened up, kind of speaking to you, right? But as I got closer to my computer to open up to get on the Zoom call, I just I heard that voice. So, okay. So I shot a text to this family. Instantly got an answer back, and it said, capital is, whoa, exclamation points and all kinds of stuff. We are sitting in the emergency room of a hospital right now with our child. We don't know what's going on, but there's something serious happening right now. I was like, whoa, God. You are in charge. You are speaking. I could trust your voice. So just a question I want to ask you. What voice are you listening to? Are you listening to Wonderful Counselor? Or other voices? He is speaking to us today. We have to listen. God is not silent in this season. He spoke through his son Jesus Christ to us. The next name is Mighty God. Mighty God. And the Hebrew word is El Gabor. It means, as it sounds, powerful God. As they look at this and they're talking about Jesus in the future, as we just talked about, they're saying this is, this is actually God. Jesus, the incarnate, fully human, fully God. And he is powerful. There are no rivals. There is no close second to the power of God in this world. He is mighty. For them, as they looked out over their landscape, the people in Judah, they were losing trust in their leaders. Think, what are you doing? Everybody's defeating us. It's only a matter of time before we get swallowed up by the invading armies of the north, the great empire of Assyria, 
And they actually do get defeated by Babylon, if you like history. So they begin to say, oh no. Now what? Doesn't that sound familiar? I can't tell you how many oh no's have come out of my mouth the last 10 months. Now what? Uh Uh-oh, that looks bad. And insecurity sets in. But God has a better word in his son, Jesus Christ. So this Christmas gift that Isaiah is talking about, he says, Jesus is our confidence. Jesus is our confidence. We can trust Jesus. He's God. Listen to his resume. Just let me give you a a sampling, just a sampling of God's resume of power. Okay, he created the earth. What that's known as a mic drop. I could just drop the mic and walk off the stage. Do you need any more power than that? Any more evidence that he is powerful? Absolutely not. But we see other stories. He parted the Red Sea. Come on, really? On Mount Carmel with the prophet Elijah, God just showed his power. He defeated 450 prophets of the false god Baal and brought fire down on a soaked offering to say, I am God. There are no rivals. Then God, through the person of Jesus Christ, walked this earth, healing thousands of people of spiritual and physical sickness. Ultimately, on his time on earth, he went to a cross and he defeated sin that causes death for all men, for all eternity. He went to the grave, and three days later, he defeated death so that we could say, the victory is ours. Oh, death, where is your sting? Because of Jesus Christ. And in that, ushered in to us today and forever, new life. That's power. That is power. What an incredible gift. Jesus is. And I love this, that that gift is on our side. That gift is on our side. Let me grab a couple of verses here for you. Technology, hold on. Isaiah 9, 6. If you look at who that gift was given to. What's it say? To us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. See, you can replace us with your name. To Scott, a child is born. To Scott, a son is born. This is a gift that is given personally. I believe this as God can only do. He saw my face. 
and I know this is an easy one, right? That guy needs a Savior, and he needs forgiven. I want to be with him forever. In comes this promised gift of Jesus to us. So he gives this gift to us, but that gift brings power to us. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 Uh, He says this power is at work within us, and it's so big that you can't even fathom it. You can't even think how much power you have because of God. You don't even know to ask for that power because it's so big and powerful beyond our thoughts. But he says that's available to you. God loves us. He is on our side. So I have to ask you, are you feeling insecure in this season? Or do you have the confidence of Jesus? COVID-19? Do you think that's Jesus is up in heaven sweating right now? What words did you put there? Would it be something like, I got this. I got this. And I think what he speaks to me a lot is, Scott, are you going to trust me? That's convicting. That was off script. Okay, that's God talking to me right now. I have to answer that. Because I put a lot of time in not allowing this precious gift, Jesus, to be my confidence in this season. Right? Where's your confidence? This is this gift, this precious gift. that He says, I want you to simply know that I've given it to you. If you notice, you're not asked to do a lot. The power doesn't come from you. It's encouraging. So moving on. His name shall be Everlasting Father. Everlasting Father. Everlasting means exactly. You may have different translations. says eternal. It really means that. Forever, steady, consistent, faithful, eternal, everlasting Father. That's important this term. This is not speaking of the third person in the Trinity, the Father. Okay, it's not. It's talking about a characteristic of Jesus. It's parental. It's fatherly. You with me? It's fatherly. That's why I put in your notes that Jesus is our our faithful daddy. Okay? He's father. He's our daddy. He cares us. They need it because as the people in Judah are looking around, is who's taking care of us? Ahaz, the king of their time, he's signing deals with Assyria. You know, the enemy, an evil empire. They're thinking, who's looking out for us? Who cares about us? Well, Isaiah has a message. It's not about any kingdom on this planet. It's about an everlasting daddy, father, who loves you. Jesus loves us. We have to remember this. He makes promises to us all through his word. Matthew 28, he says, I will be with you until the end of the age. Until the season that we're in is over, guess what? Jesus will be with us. He tells us in Hebrews, I will never leave you or forsake you. I'm with you 
and I've got you, and I am for you. And I'm going to, Matthew 6, take care of everything you need. In fact, I'm going to blow your mind with how well I care for you. And I'm going to do it motivated by one thing, John 15, 13. Love. The greatest love ever known. There is no greater love than Jesus because he wants to spend eternity with us. He wants us to be where he's going to be. That he's going to lay his life down for us. Go to that cross and die. Shed his blood so that we would be forgiven and be with him forever. He loves us. He is our faithful daddy. We never have to wonder, is will he be there for us? The answer is always yes. It's us that have to change our gaze to him because he is there. The departed one is always Scott. I'm the one that points my eyes somewhere else. Focus on something else. Listen to other voices. Find my security in other things. He says, no, I'm right here forever. I am your everlasting father. And the last name given here is I, Jesus, is our prince of peace. Our prince of peace. Sar Shalom is a Hebrew word there. And it means it's the one who is called, it's the one whose duty, the one that is capable of bringing peace. Now this word peace is no ordinary. So his duty, his abilities, his calling to bring peace is not a typical peace. Shalom Hebrew word for peace, talks about a complete peace, a deep peace, a whole peace, bringing everything together kind of peace. See, for them in Judah, who this is written to, their world was being ripped apart. Their families are being ripped apart. Their faith was being ripped out from underneath them as King Ahaz was making deals and getting involved in other fates of the time. They were watching their family from the north being taken captive. Their nation, Israel, God's people, was torn two into two different kingdoms. Everything was ripped apart. And they were having no peace. Ask yourself, how much peace have you had in 10 months? We look at simply Christmas and our need for it and the need for this promised gift. How many of you would describe, I've been at peace for 10 months? Well, if I'm confessing to you, uh, you know, I have not been at peace. My human side of me has been speaking way too loud my human opinions have been getting way too loud. And I forgot about this promised gift. Not completely. Just kind of slid him over here while I, I took the stage for a while. You know what I mean? And this Christmas, I want to pare it down. 
I want to invite you to pare it down to this Prince of Peace. Sar Shalom. That he brings us a peace. And the peace that he brings, this wholeness that he brings, it starts with this. It starts with a peace with God. It starts with a peace with God. Romans 5.1 tells you that through Jesus Christ, we are brought into peace with God. Because you have to understand, we are all sinners. Everybody. And that sin separates us. It creates this space between us and God. It kind of creates this hole. And you might know what I'm talking about. I know, boy, I totally understand this. I gave my heart and life to Jesus Christ in my early 20s. And I remember growing up, especially through my teenage years, when you start thinking about things around you. And I remember, and I wasn't a depressed teen, you know, had a good life. I've got struggles around me, but they never really invaded my psyche, if you would, okay? But I'd lay in bed at night, and when I would ponder this, I didn't do it often, but I remember, I remember distinctly doing it and just thinking about life and surveying it. And I always felt this interesting thing, this kind of space, this hole. I'd call it my soul because I didn't know where it was. I just kind of felt it, just something missing. What that is, you know, and so I wouldn't ask any questions of it. I just felt it, always felt it, when I would let myself quiet down enough to think about it. Blaise Pascal calls this uh, the great God vacuum that every human has. I'll read you his his quote. He's, This is Blaise Pascal. He says, There is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of each man which cannot be satisfied by any created thing, but only by God the Creator may known through Jesus Christ. And that was true in my life. The night when I gave my heart and life to Jesus Christ, I said, yes, I'm a sinner. I need you. I can't do this on my own. And he came into my life. I can tell you, there has never been a night that I've ever felt that. Now, I've gone through dark nights, scary things, restless, you know what I mean? So it wasn't like life got peachy, but there's something deep in my heart, in my soul, that was satisfied, that I could not fill it no matter what I did, how I thought, the practices, how educated I got, none of it. It was only in the person of Jesus Christ 1 Timothy 2.5, right? It's the man Christ Jesus that is a mediator between us, man, and God. And he fills that hole. And then we have peace with God. And I love this. Because when we are at peace with God spiritually, the peace of God begins to reign in our hearts and our lives. All of a sudden, we become stabilized in every situation, no matter what it is. Because God's peace is here, no situation could rock me. Because my heart, my gaze is far greater than anything this world can roll at me. And so it's tough. It doesn't mean it's, the tears don't flow down the face and you wonder and you ponder. But there's that place in your heart that you are at peace. Because you're at peace with God.
And so peace is how you stand through all situations, how you weather all circumstances. It's how you weather COVID-19, 2020, is with the peace of God in your heart. Every relationship, when you're at peace with God, you become, have the peace of God. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 talks about when we seek God out, right, he gives us his peace. And when people come at you, guess what? They're going to be able to do nothing that rocks you because you have the peace of God. They might hurt you. They might bring you great joy. But they're never, ever going to knock you off that core of standing at the peace of God. See, that's what he offers. Sar Shalom. He brings that peace with him. He brings that peace with the world around you. And I love this. That peace begins to overflow to the world around you. When someone comes up to you, Christian, and says, the world's falling apart, oh no, oh no, and they hear the peace of God, they see the peace of God, guess what it does? It says, there's something different. Okay. I'm not going to be sucked in by all this. My eyes are going to where your eyes are at. Your eyes are on Jesus. Tell me about this Jesus. Because I tell you what, your life right now is speaking loud about Jesus. So how do we respond? So how do we respond to this? I've got a couple questions I want us to, to ponder and think about as we think about this promised gift. First, this Christmas, ask yourself, where do you need to simplify so that you can more magnify Jesus. I talked about that documentary that we watched and paring things down so that you could focus your life on the things that matter. Jesus matters. I know there's just a couple weeks, two and a half weeks, whatever it is, before Christmas Day. But how can you do this? How can you adjust? And I'm not telling you to throw all your traditions. Please don't mishear me here. But what can you adjust so that you can more magnify Jesus? The gift that matters, the promised gift from the Father to all of us. And maybe this crazy 2020, there would be an aspect of it, and I've got to say this carefully, but know how I mean it, that it's actually a gift. Woo! we get to press deep into Jesus. Imagine that. How can we simplify so we can more magnify? Last question I want you to think about. As we looked through these names of our Savior Jesus, so as you see here today, what aspect of Jesus do you need more in your life? Do you need to listen to his voice more? Do you need to listen to his voice? He is speaking. Do you need to listen? Rely on his power and not whatever other powers are trying to draw you in to rely on them. Even the power sometimes that's itself. How about letting him love you, care for you? Trust in him in that. Last part, receiving the peace that he offers. He offers us, us peace and he so does that with grace. All of us have a vacuum. 
that God sent his son Jesus Christ to fill it. And he did that by grace so that we can accept it by faith and say yes to him. So you might be in a place where, and I always have to say this, I mean, there I've seen people who have attended church for 50 years and it wasn't ever about a relationship and a surrender to Jesus Christ. It was about a social gathering. He says, no, never about that. It's about heart transformation. Me sending my son, Jesus Christ, by grace to you. And if you receive him by faith of walking with you in eternity, that's what Jesus wants. We just have to say we can't do it ourselves. We are a sinner. We need Jesus. And the answer is yes. So if you are here and you still have that space, that void, uh, I want to encourage you, come talk to me. Talk to one of the elders. We're going to sing a song. It's called A Beautiful Name. Oh, it's a good song. It talks about our Jesus. It talks about he's no rival. There's no rival to him. And he can't overtake all of this. And as we look at this Simply Christmas, what is not simple about this Christmas is the power that God has through His Son, Jesus Christ, for all of us. So we simplify. I tell you, we, we, we kick up the power of Jesus Christ. So let's just reflect on that together. So will you stand with me? You guys take us there.